1: I'm doing great. You know, I think one of Whitney's favorite things to talk about is a well-known organization or a website. Can you <laughs> guess what it is?
0: Yeah, I can. And, and I apologize to Whitney for laughing. Um, I, anybody who's listened to uh, one of Whitney's podcasts, um, she, you're right. She's referenced. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give out the acronym. It's, it's A-I-C-R. And uh, that stands for the American Institute for Cancer Research. And you're right, Pam. That's a that's a regular. That tends to make a regular occurrence in those podcasts.
1: You know, we tell people don't Google, don't go to the internet. But this is a great organization with sound information that is awesome for our survivors. So I'm excited about today's guest. I hope you are.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you're. It's funny. How many times have you heard, "Well, the doctor said this, so the first thing I did was I googled." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we, you're right. We try to encourage folks not to google. However, um we encourage, I know that you've given out uh the AICR's website countless times. I know I've talked about it. And so, yeah, today we're super excited because um as we always say, um we bring in great well-educated experts in their field. And that's no, that is no different than today to have Sheena Patel. Uh, Sheena, let me tell you, uh, it's kind of cool because um, she brings more than a decade of experience working on health promotion, wellness, and disease prevention and management. And Pam, she's the director of nutrition programs at the American Institute of Cancer Research. So who better to talk to than the director of nutrition programs, right?
1: We've got the best.
0: That's right. At AICR, she oversees evidence-based programs. So here we talk about good stuff to look at. Evidence-based programs focused on reducing cancer risk by promoting improved nutrition, diet, and weight management, and provides practical tips and tools to implement those recommendations. She's also passionate about helping individuals improve their overall quality of life, which we are too, Pam, right? That's what we're about. Um, Through nutrition and diet and is enthusiastic about making cancer prevention a reality which is important for everybody listening to this podcast cancer prevention a reality by empowering and motivating them in healthy fun and inspiring ways and she's got a number of of content out there for blogs and webinars and then of course joining us on our podcast Sheena thank you for joining us how are you
2: Thank you for having me i'm doing well and i'm really excited to chat with you both today.
0: Well we're super excited to have you, Um, you know, Pam and I at at the Center and I know some of our other folks, especially Whitney. um, get a lot of questions about prevention of recurrence and cancer prevention, in general, and so. I think this is a great episode, and and there's no doubt having someone from the organization that we look to a lot for help uh, to come on and and join us, so thank you again for doing that.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited, Um, and it's even more special because this year um, actually marks the 40th anniversary anniversary of AICR, so there's a lot to celebrate, a lot of achievements um, and groundbreaking research that we've seen over the 40 years.
0: Wow. Pam, we've been doing this seven years, not our podcast, our podcast, you know, this is our second year for the podcast, but we've done been doing survivorship services for seven. Can you imagine 40 years?
1: I wonder where we would be in 40 years.
0: Oh my goodness. That's a lot of lives touched.
1: That's right. Um, Hopefully yeah. Medicine is different and we, we don't have to worry about cancer, but until then we can do the best that we can. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, you know, Sheena, let's let's talk real basic about um, some of the things that that AIC are because we want to make sure our our listeners are um, very well educated about, you know, your organization. Um, There's a lot of of information there. There's a wealth of things for them to look at besides the topics we're going to touch on, but other things like recipes and what else might they find there?
2: Yeah, so um, the the AICR website, which is www.aicr.org, has a a lot of information. So we have our um, blogs that that you mentioned. We have healthy recipes, um, and we've actually added new recipes that are more um, focused towards survivors that are undergoing treatment. So um, may focus on, you know, if you're experiencing dry mouth or diarrhea or, you know, just any Uh, treatment-related side effects that might benefit them um, along with just really fun, easy, simple I, I like to make them as well. And so I think they're delicious recipes um, that, that they're really popular. Um, we have a lot of infographics, so people can kind of look at a picture and kind of get a quick understanding of something. So that's really nice. Um, and then individuals can also sign up for, we send out monthly um, kind of e-publications so they can get a healthy recipe or um, research updates or just kind of what's going on in, in the news um, updates and right to their um, inbox, which is really nice as well.
1: You know, I get in a rut of making the same recipes over and over and over. And I always like to see the recipe of the month. I know that we just posted one on our Facebook page, the peanut butter ice cream. Yeah. That was super easy.
0: Did you, I haven't made it yet. Have you made it?
1: I haven't made it, but it looks good.
0: Oh my gosh. When I saw that, when you posted that on our, on the uh, Cancer Survivorship Center Facebook page, I was like, I need to go home and make this right now. It looks so good.
1: You know, sometimes we think healthy, it's not going to be good. It doesn't look good, it doesn't taste good, but that one looked really good.
0: Yeah. So we okay. definitely would challenge any of you guys that are listening. Um, when you have a moment, not while you're driving, but when you have a moment, get on uh, Facebook and go to the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center's Facebook page, find that recipe and make it and let us know. You know, let us know in the comments how it is. I, I, I have no doubt based on the ingredients and um, the the pictures that are there, talking about making it easy to understand from an infographic. Just the picture itself makes you want to make it. So, uh, <laughs> go check that out. Uh, yeah. let, let's talk, Sheena. Let's talk about um, something that I know comes up a lot here at the center, as I mentioned earlier, about prevention. Um, you know, whether they uh, someone is has gone through treatment. Or, um, you know, wants to prevent that recurrence. Obviously, we care a lot about um, caregivers and loved ones as well. We we allow caregivers and loved ones to come to any of our classes at the center. Um, and so this is kind of dually important for the survivor and the loved one.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so ASCR, we, so one of the we fund and analyze research in which we have our evidence-based cancer prevention recommendations. And that's um, what I'm going to talk about today. And and if you want to think about it, it's kind of like a blueprint, um, if you will, kind of guidelines that can help individuals take steps to lower their risk for cancer, for healthy survivorship, even um, chronic disease management. Um, And so there are basic healthy lifestyle guidelines focusing on diet, nutrition, physical activity, um, just overall lifestyle changes that that we can make that can really impact our health and, and impact our cancer risk as well.
1: Right, awesome. It, it focuses on 10 areas, correct?
2: Yeah, so there's, there's 10, 10 recommendations, but before I get into each recommendation, I do wanna take a minute. Um, I wanna highlight why I personally feel so confident about encouraging individuals to follow the recommendations. Um, they're based on a global research that includes 51 million people and 3.5 million cancer cases. So as you can see, it's really based on very robust, extensive research. And and I know you mentioned earlier, you know, there's so much information out there. It can be overwhelming, especially for someone that's facing a cancer diagnosis. Um, And, um, you know, I I work closely with our VP of research, Dr. Nigel Brockton, and he says, you know, we distinguish evidence from opinion. And I think that's really important to note that these 10 recommendations that we're going to talk about are um, evidence-based. You know, we really try to make sense of the fact that there's so much out there, so much misinformation, um, but AICR is a trusted source. The recommendations are really a great um, guide that somebody can follow and trust.
0: Sure, sure, Pam. I'll tell you real fast. Um, those numbers are astounding. You know the numbers mm-hmm. of, of people that have been that were studied and enrolled in that trial. Um, way back when, when I was a pharmaceutical rep, I can remember trying to um, talk to a physician about a study, and this physician was let's just say completely underwhelmed with this study. Didn't care anything about it because the number of people enrolled in this trial was about a hundred, 150. And he, he, I, I really remember he's like, come back and bring me a study that has thousands of people enrolled in it kind of deal. And this right here is one of those, you know, studies that's looked at a lot of people and how many cancer survivors were, were looked at Sheena.
2: So um, 51 million people and then 3.5 million cancer cases.
0: 3.5 million cancer cases. So I say that to to tell our listeners, this is good evidence-based data. So let's talk about that.
2: And then something else just to piggyback off of what you said, you know, there's ongoing research um, on adherence. So, hey, if people follow the recommendations, what, what does that mean? And a new study actually just came out, um, led, led by the team um, at the NCI, the National Cancer Institute, um, with in collaboration with AICR and WCRF, the World Cancer Research Fund, And that examined behavior, the health behaviors, and mortality risk in older Americans. And they found that um, following a lifestyle aligned with our recommendations was associated with a significant reduction in risk of all-cause cancer-specific and cardiovascular specific mortality. And that is a a new study that came out. And even more so, you know, other studies um, have looked at adherence and Adhering to our recommendation and they've just linked to a lower cancer risk and longer life. So, you know, we know that following as many of the recommendations as you can really, really does make a difference. So um, I'm excited to dive right in and And mm-hmm. for, for those that are listening, just to kind of make it a little easier to follow, there are 10 recommendations, and each recommendation is split into three categories. So um, the first being body weight and activity, the second being diet and nutrition, and then the third category is kind of some other special recommendations. So um, with that, the first recommendation is to be at a healthy weight. Keep your weight within healthy range and avoid weight gain in adult life. You'll, you'll notice that the next six recommendations that I mentioned work together really to help you move towards this first recommendation. We know that after not smoking, being at a healthy weight is the most important lifestyle factor to reduce cancer risk. And you know over over the last decade, this has only strengthened. Um, having overweight and obesity, we know increases the risk for at least a dozen types of cancer. And um, so, so with that, you know, the focus of this first recommendation is really on two areas: um, one, which is diet and eating pattern, and the other is physical activity. And as you, as you will notice, um, each recommendation, you know, as we go through the recommendations, they really build upon each other. Um, so I will be talking both about eating pattern and physical activity, um, which is a, a really nice segue to our second recommendation, um, which is be physically active. Um, which is very important. Be physically active as part of everyday life. Walk more, sit less. It's really all about getting people to move more. Um, thinking about, hey, you know, where where in my day am I sedentary, and how can I replace that with some kind of movement? Um, just encouraging people to establish that daily habit of being more physically acting physically active, um, but also having fun with it. You know, movement and activity should be fun. I think when a lot of times people hear I gotta be more physically active. They're thinking like, I gotta go run a marathon, or I gotta, you know, these kind of unattainable goals that that can be. You think about it, and you're like, well, I'm just not gonna do it, you know. And that's not what this recommendation is about. Um, the goal here really is um, to have people work up to moving to at least 30 minutes a day. You know, of course, doing more than that, 45 to 60 minutes, um, can increase our benefit even more, um, which does align with national guidelines, which is getting in at least 150 minutes of moderate um, intense exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous activity in per week. And, um, you know, the research here is really strong. We know uh, that being physically active can help protect you directly from six, from three types of cancers, breast, colorectal, and endometrial. So, you know, that link is really strong there. And and the, the, the goal is move more, you know, um, for me little tips that, that I kind of keep in the back of my head, you know, go for walks when I can take the stairs, um, park further away. You know, I tell people if you have a pet, you know, even playing with them, taking them for more walks. Um, now I know a lot of people are virtual, working from home and they might have a meeting where they're on the phone, um, pace while you're, you're on the phone, or if you're listening to maybe the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. get up and, um, walk around, you know, any, any kind of movement is,
1: is really going to be beneficial. Well, Can we go back to the first recommendation before we talk about the physical activity? What is a healthy weight and how do we know if we're at a healthy weight?
2: Yeah, and that's going to be different for everyone, especially if we think about um, survivorship. You know, everyone's going to be different. So that's why I really recommend everyone um, talking to their healthcare care provider. Um, a registered dietitian is a great resource. Um, I know you mentioned Whitney. I believe you said her name mm-hmm. is. So, yeah. um, really making sure that you're talking to some health professionals. It is going to be different for everyone and um,
1: goals are going to be different for each person. Well, Pam, awesome. this some that's, people get fixated on the how much they weigh and the body mass index and so it's so important that everybody realizes that everybody's different yeah. what's recommended for one may not be recommended for another
0: and that's a good opportunity too pam to talk about um you know between whitney and leslie our two dietitians that we work with um if you have questions and need to speak with a dietitian, let's say you're out of treatment, you know, and, and, and you don't have access to uh, a dietitian, give us a call here at the center and uh, we can set you up with an appointment to, to visit with Leslie or with Whitney to talk about that or, or, or to talk about anything with dietitian dietary wise. Um, That's incredibly important. You're right. The other thing too, talking about being physically active and fun activities, Pam, I I can think of dozens of fun activities we have here at the center that are are physically active at whatever level the survivor is at, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh yes, our full moon hikes, our lighthouse hikes, our fly fishing outings, you know, there's so many opportunities, our walks, our 5Ks. Yes, Uh,
0: and then simple as some of our group activities, water exercise. -hmm. I mean, who doesn't enjoy being in a pool when it's a hundred plus degrees outside? (laughs) Right, right. But you know, you think about that. Some people may think fly fishing. How is that a an a a walking activity or an activity? It is because you have to walk to a place to fish, and then your guide takes you to another place around the the pond to fish. And uh, yeah, there's not sitting. You're not sitting. It's exactly right. Um, It doesn't have to be, as Sheena said. It doesn't have to be uh, running a marathon, it doesn't have to be maybe doing like, sometimes I like to do is go for a a long, several hour bike ride. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, as we've said, being just more active than you've been yesterday or last week and, and just adding a little bit more, but being active where you can. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what's, what's the third recommendation?
2: So yeah, the third recommendation, um, so now we kind of switch into kind of nutrition and, and diet. So the third recommendation is to eat a diet rich in whole grains, vegetables, fruit, and beans, and, and to make these foods um, a, a major part of your usual diet and eating pattern. Um, the key message is, you know, plant make plant foods kind of center. Um, They have many beneficial nutrients like vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, and fiber. Um, And and with this recommendation, there's a few goals um, that that people can work towards. So um, the goal is to get at least 30 grams of dietary fiber per day from from food sources, um, and to eat at least three and a half cups of vegetables and fruit Um, which were about five servings and um, to put that into perspective or just kind of give you a visual um, one cup um, would be equivalent to like one small apple, um, one cup of cooked spinach or two cups of raw um, spinach uh, or about 12 baby carrots. Um, So if you're eating a fruit or a vegetable, you know, with your meals, you're eating whole grains, lentils, beans, you know, regularly, you can easily meet that 30 grams of recommendation. Um, And then also with that, you know, whole grains is a part of that and whole grains um, also have a lot of fiber. And the goal here is to eat at least three servings of whole grains per day. Um, There's a lot of research that's been done with whole Grains um, and it can, you know, reduce risk of colorectal cancer, um, and and with that, you know, three servings. Uh, so to give you kind of another visual, um, one serving would be equivalent to about one slice of whole wheat bread, or half a cup of cooked brown rice, or my favorite um, popcorn. Um, three cups of air popped popcorn. So there's so many fun whole grains out there, um, and if you think about, you know, hey, if you have to, the goal is getting three. Servings in. If you eat a sandwich with lunch and you have two pieces of whole grain bread, you're already meeting, you know, two out of that that three goal. Um, and, and so I tell people with this recommendation, you know, have fun with it. It can be a really um, kind of fun way to try a new food, try a new whole grain, um, even trying a new fruit or vegetable or one that you haven't had in a while. Um, so it's it's all about kind of making fun choices, colorful choices, um, that's going to really give you a lot of health benefits.
1: And smoothies is a great option to get those fruits and vegetables together yeah. if you have a hard time. Yeah,
2: um, you know, especially when, with it being so hot, smoothies are really great. Um, and, you know, I tell people get creative with your smoothies, um, you know, throw in, even throw in some oatmeal in there, throw in fruits and vegetables, um, you know, have a good Experiment with different flavors. Um, AICR has really fun smoothies uh, recipes on our website um, that just might be different than just spinach. And I don't know. I feel like right now what's a trend like spinach and blueberries, or you know. But when when you think about smoothies too, um, I encourage people don't don't necessarily use that as a meal replacement unless you know it's going to have a, a full component. You know, having a protein, a whole grain, a fruit, a vegetable, because um, we want to make sure that you still, still build your smoothie in a healthy way.
0: Right. Yeah. Pam, how many times has Whitney had a smoothie, you know, some of the classes she's done, she's made interesting smoothies and, and I'm telling you, um, they taste good. They really do.
1: They taste good. And I would have never put the ingredients together, but (laughs) they're healthy.
0: Right. That's right. That's right.
1: So what is the next recommendation?
2: Yeah, the fourth recommendation is to limit consumption of fast food and other processed foods high in fat, starches, or sugar. Um, Limiting these foods can help control calorie intake and also help maintain a healthy weight. Um, We know that you eat more calories by... Per bite in highly processed foods, so it's much easier to eat more calories than than you may need, and you're getting overall less nu- nutritional value. Um, and you know, again, eating less of these high calorie fasts and processed foods can help you um, moderate your calorie intake and help you with that kind of maintaining a healthy weight. Um, but I do like to point out here um, that that our concern here when we say processed foods is, is with ultra-processed foods um, because not all processed foods are created equal. Um, technically, a bag of frozen broccoli that's been cut and frozen is, is processed, but, but that's not really what we're worried about. Um, we're really worried about that ultra-food processed category that's gonna have that long list of ingredients, um, many of which you may not even be able to pronounce, um, and that are made from you know substances extracted from fats and oils and sugars that just go through multiple stages of processing. um, And the the ingredients are just really highly manipulated.
0: Yes. And, you know, we just did a podcast. Um, I encourage you guys, write that down. Ultra processed foods. Go back after you're done listening today's podcast, go back and find our, our podcast that we did on ultra processed foods. And it will surprise you. I, I know it did me, Pam. I think we we both kind of walked away from that one saying, oh. <laughs> yeah. We learned a lot. It was very educational, very educational. And um, yeah, I never really thought of, you know, those types of of um, as you mentioned, Sheena, the the um kind of a simple process of foods, you know, never even really thought of that as being processed. So Um, It really is kind of the shift in mind thinking uh, when you're talking about the ultra processed. Now, I tell you, your next one, number five, this is one that's going to hit a lot of people really hard.
2: Yeah. So um, the the fifth recommendation is to limit consumption of red and processed meat Um, to eat no more than a moderate amount of red meat and to eat little, if any, processed meat, um, saving those for special occasions. And so um, just to elaborate on that, when we say red meat, we're, we're, examples include beef, pork, and lamb. And when we say processed meat, that's any meat that's been preserved by smoking, curing, salting, or any kind of addition of a chemical preserve preservative. So things like cold cuts and bacon, sausage, ham, and hot dogs, and really saving those things for special occasions. Um, And this one is, you know, I think uh, can be challenging for a lot of people. But I want to point out that this recommendation does not say never eat, you know, it's all about kind of that reorientation. If somebody enjoys red meat as a regular part of their diet, it's all about eating the moderate amount. And what we mean by moderate, moderate amount is no more than 12 to 18 ounces of cooked red meat weekly. Um, So it's all about it doesn't call to give up the, the red meat per se, it's all about reorient, reorienting the plate um, and switching your focus to more plant plant foods and kind of that meat on the side approach, um, which can you know just take time to rebuild your plate. Um, There is really strong evidence here that eating red meat and even small amounts of red uh, processed meat that can lead to colorectal cancer. So this is one that um, just takes some work and active, you know, just thinking actively about how should I build my plate and where can I, you know, bulk up on veggies and fruits and whole grains and kind of um, back up a little bit on the, the, the meat.
1: So do you have any recommendations for processed meat, like your lunch meat, another alternative for that?
2: Yeah. So if you think about, um, you know, a, another protein source, um, even like a bean spread, like hummus or a black bean dip, um, you can kind of spread that on your sandwich. Um, that that's a really good alternative and you know, fill it up with veggies. Um, that's one of my favorite things. Um, also mushrooms have kind of that meaty texture so if somebody wants that texture um, there's a lot of recipes that um, will cut back on the meat and add some extra bulk um, by adding mushrooms in Um, so that's a really another fun one that that people can experiment with.
0: All good ideas all very good tips but too I I like how you said um, save certain things for special occasions so again, this is not the don't ever, 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 ever have bacon or don't ever, ever, ever have a hot dog. Just not a hot dog every day or bacon every morning with breakfast. Like we, some of us may have done when we were little, our parents cooked a real healthy breakfast, right? So save some of that for special occasions. I think that's a, that's a very fair argument. I
1: know that there's a physician here in town that used to tell us patients, um, don't eat the pecan pie unless it was homemade by someone that you know. You don't yeah. have to eat it just because it's there. Just
0: because it's make
1: there. <laughs> it, it's make it this special exception. Yeah.
2: And um something that I think might be uh helpful for people, you know, when, when we think about like building meals and kind of if you are maybe used to eating more uh, meat forward meals, um AICR has our new American plate, um, which is basically a visual approach to eating. So if you think about your plate, um, it calls for two thirds or more of the plate to be filled with colorful plant foods. So so veggies fruits whole grains beans nuts seeds um, and then the remaining one-third or less of the plate from animal foods so things like poultry seafood lean red meat eggs and dairy um, and so it's a good way again to help people visualize and build their meals and if you think about it compared to a traditional you know maybe american plate um, that's heavy on the meat and starchy vegetables the new american plate kind of has again that that meat on the side approach um, so it's all about thinking about um portion and proportion
1: Mm
0: -hmm. good deal good deal all right we're halfway there number six
2: so the the next few recommendations focus on on our drinks so the sixth recommendation is to limit consumption of sugar sweetened drinks um, and to drink mostly water and unsweetened beverages Um, And so if you think about this, you know, to stay hydrated, it is recommended to drink water, and when we say unsweetened drinks, things like unsweetened tea and unsweetened coffee, and if people are going to drink juice, you know, limit that to um, 100% fruit juice and, and no more than about six ounces per day. And, and this is another recommendation where I tell people, you know, kind of have fun with it. You can make your drinks more fun. Um, you can f- infuse your water and flavor your water naturally with different um, fruits and, um, you know, uh, herbs like mint and rosemary to kind of enhance flavors. I know that's kind of a, a thing that we've seen now more and more Mm -hmm. Um, even you can do that with like your teas um, and even coffee so for example um, I know within the summer one of my favorites is to add um, frozen fruit to my um, tea and um, add some fresh basil or mint in there i I'm kind of on a peach kick right now. And so frozen peaches pair well with that. Um, And then even with coffee, you know, throwing in um, nutmeg or cinnamon or even pumpkin pie spice in there just to give it some kind of flavoring, but it's natural, um, can can be really fun. So um, tell people have fun experimenting with this one as well.
1: And if they're struggling, uh, Whitney has done a video, a YouTube video, and it is posted on our uh, YouTube page.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember her saying, definitely, like you said, have fun with what you can infuse into the water, you know, the cucumbers or uh, a variety of, of, um, of fruits and so forth that you may not have ever thought about putting with water, but it turns out it's
2: really tasty. Yes.
1: And our next recommendation is?
2: The next recommendation um, is to limit alcohol consumption. So, for cancer prevention, it's best not to drink alcohol. Um, research is very strong in this area. We know that alcohol increases the risk for six types of cancer. Um, and, and again, this recommendation is, it, it, you know, we don't want to lose people. So, it's all about again meeting people where they are with these recommendations. So, again, you know it is best not to drink alcohol, but if people are gonna drink, we recommend them um, to follow national guidelines, which is no more than one drink a day for women and no more than two drinks a day for men. Um, Again, if if somebody is is having alcohol, there's a lot of strategies that you can think about to cut back, um, you know, watering down your um, drink uh, or, you know, um, switching from an alcoholic beverage to a non-alcoholic beverage. Um, but also just ordering smaller sizes and paying attention to, to the poor um, one standard drink um, is about five ounces of wine that's an example and a lot of times. Um, if you pour your own glass it's uh-huh. going to be maybe twice that you know if you're not paying attention, so yeah. a lot of those things can can really. Um, make a big difference. You know, alcohol contains ethanol, which is a known carcinogen. Um, and so we know that alcohol causes DNA damage and can create oxidative, oxidative stress in our bodies. Then um, it can also, you know, be a source of empty calories for, for a lot of people that can contribute to some of that unwanted weight gain, overweight and obesity over time, um, which we know is another really strong um, risk factor. So something that I get asked a lot is um, well, well. If I'm gonna drink, like, which one's better for me? You know, and and the answer really here is, I want to stress it: consuming any kind of alcohol, whether it be beer, liquor, wine, um, all are gonna increase risk. So, um, in in that sense, not one is healthier than the other. And in, in particular, to point out for our survivor populations, you know, for those people that may be going through t- treatment, um, alcohol consumption can, can potentially negatively impact side effects that are experienced. So um, mouth sores and inflammation inside the mouth or the painful swallowing and diarrhea can all be exacerbated by alcohol um, and also can replace kind of healthier calories and healthier um. Beverages that, that they could be drinking. So it's all about, you know, um, really watching this one. Um, if you, for those of you that have completed treatment, you know, it's best to talk to your healthcare team about alcohol consumption because, um, again, we're everyone's different. Everyone's on different medications as well, so that's something important to keep in mind.
1: You sure. know, oftentimes when I meet with survivors, they say, well, my cardiologist told me I should have a glass of wine, but my oncologist said I shouldn't. So what should I do?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, I think there's a lot of, again, that mixed messaging. And I think for us, we just have to lean on the research and we, um, and, and give the people the, the evidence and what's out there and, and put it in their hands from there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, and I think as it says here too, a key word is limit alcohol consumption, as you said, I, I, although, you know, some people might say, oh, I just can't not have a glass of wine every now and then or whatever the case may be. And I think that's important to remember as well. No one's beating you up for having, you know, um, something special or something on certain occasions. Um, and, but to, yes, definitely refer back to your physician always is a key uh, component. Um, Let's talk about number eight, because I know Pam, you've had this question asked of you several times before.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, so the eighth recommendation is do not use supplements for cancer prevention. Um, The focus is really to aim to meet nutritional needs through diet alone. Um, You know, we know that for many people, it is possible to obtain adequate nutrition through a healthy diet. Um, we've seen high dose dietary supplements have not consistently demonstrated the protective effects on cancer risk and um this recommendation you know is is really important because like you just said people are always very Curious about supplements, um, which is a tricky topic. But you know, the goal really is to focus on diet and dietary pattern. Um, getting, if you think about the new American plate that I mentioned, getting in this colorful variety of fruits and vegetables, whole grains that are going to provide some of those essential vitamins and minerals. Um, but with that being said, you know. Each individual, each situation um, is different, and so for some people, dietary supplements may fill a nutrient gap. Um, so it is important to to talk to your healthcare team before starting a supplement um, or any questions that you
1: have. You know, I think again, there's mis- mixed messaging out there of, oh, well, you should try this because it's going to do that, but you know, ultimately, we should look at our plate first. Yeah. So, recommendation number nine.
2: So yeah, the, the, we're kind of wrapping up here and the next two recommendations kind of fall under that special recommendations category. So the ninth recommendation is for mothers, breastfeed your baby if you can. Um, we know that breastfeeding is good for both mother and baby. However, uh, to note new mothers that were receiving chemo therapy should not breastfeed and talk to their healthcare team.
0: Mm-hmm. Pam, I, I got to interject here because yet again, we did a podcast that might be beneficial for someone in this area. I think it was one of uh, the uh, first probably 10 or 15 that we did last year, where we talked uh, to uh, a guy that I've known for a long time, Kyle Joy, talking about his organization here in town called Third Strand. And um, to provide safe, um, donated breast milk uh, for babies who either as you just said, Sheena, that for whatever reason it might be, whether it's chemo or any other I- issues, um, if a woman cannot breastfeed their their child and and they want to, then uh, it's important to know that there are resources out there for that. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Here comes our last one, number ten.
2: All right. So this this um, the number ten is after a cancer diagnosis. Follow our recommendations if you can. Um, check with your healthcare professional about what is right for you. And I think this is a really important recommendation, and, and I want to spend some time talking about it because survivors are a growing population. So, as of January 2019, there were an estimated 16.9 million cancer survivors in the United States. Um, and that number is projected to increase to 22.2 million by 2030. So, that's amazing that we are seeing more and more people survive cancer. But with that, that also means potential increased risk of reoccurrence, along with a higher risk of developing a secondary cancer, and with that increased risk of potentially other chronic diseases, like cardiovascular disease, um, or diabetes. And so AICR really does recommend that cancer survivors aim to follow the recommendations when and as they're able to. Um, again, you know, going back to um, just when there's a lot of mixed messaging and certainty, even anxiety, the, the recommendations are a great place. For somebody to start from, um, they're direct enough so people kind of know what to do, but they're also general enough that they can be customized. You know, for um, food preferences or specific dietary requirements or even lingering cancer-related side effects, they can kind of be customized as you're working with alongside a dietitian or your health health professional. Um, And then also just going back to the research, you know, we know and have seen that there's growing evidence that shows how regular physical activity and eating a mostly plant-based diet and maintaining a healthy weight um, all can help prevent cancer recurrence and improve quality of life for cancer survivors. Um, A a lot of persuasive evidence has has been seen mainly in breast cancer survivors, but it is something that's being studied. Um, And as you know, as we just went through the 10 recommendations, that's, that's what they're hitting on, you know, those three things. And right. so um, you know, the, the recommendations again offer that trustworthy guide for, for just helping people set priorities and kind of shifting to a healthier um, lifestyle.
1: Where does smoking and tobacco come in those 10 recommendations?
2: So, yeah, um, we do kind of call out that not smoking and avoiding um, exposure to, to tobacco um, are also, you know, it is also an important uh, in reducing cancer risk, um, even sun, you know being, practicing healthy sun safety. Um, and so that's not so much a part of the 10, but it is
1: something that we do call out. And then one other question I have is, you know, you mentioned alcohol. What about coffee? So that is, that is
2: great. Um, that is a really good question. So coffee is, um, you know, we have a lot of research on that coffee is, has a lot of protective components and, um, good Good stuff in coffee, so it's not something that that we recommend people avoiding. Again, caffeine can affect everyone differently. Um, So, in medications, um, so maybe decaf might be better for some. But for in regards to to cancer protection, coffee is is a great choice.
0: As long as you don't fill it full of sugar and the sweetener and the whipped cream and the sprinkles and the whatever else, right?
2: exactly yeah you 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 definitely um have that right and it goes back to that recommendation um on limiting consumption of sugar sweetened drinks you know if you think about some of the coffees the specialty coffees that are flavored and you know have all that stuff that oftentimes has more added sugar than you know soda. Um, and so people, you know, I, I really encourage people to just be aware of that. You know, look at look at the nutrition um, facts on it. Um, if it tastes really sweet, then likely there's a lot of a lot of sugar in there. Um, and so, you know, just watching, watching for some of those things.
1: You know, Ron, these 10 recommendations um, sound pretty doable. Um, I think all of our uh, patients, if they want to go back and uh, write them down, the website, the American Institute for Cancer Research, has a great blueprint on that. Um, So They don't have to write it all down. They can have it right there in just one sheet.
0: That's right. That's right. There's a lot there. And we always say sometimes, you need to go back and listen to this. And next time have a a notepad and a pencil or pen next to you, because there are, there's a lot of little nuggets in there uh, for you guys to take hold of. Um, It's easy just to say, lose weight, be active, but this gives you a greater in-depth look at at how to go about doing that. So Pam, you know, you're talking about um, the AICR blueprint for this, we're not going to just leave our listeners hanging on some of these ways of how to be at a healthier weight and how to be more physically active and how to get a more uh, um, less processed foods and better plant-based diet in their in their daily activities. We're fixing to talk about with Sheena, a healthy 10 challenge. So again, the AICR has some evidence-based things uh, to share with us on how to get that into your daily routine for the the 10 recommendations to help prevent cancer. Let's talk about that, Sheena. Yeah. The
2: health, 10 challenge um, is a great way to help people kind of incorporate the 10 recommendations that I just talked about. Um, So it's a 10 week program that uses a practical approach to putting our recommendations into action, one step or one challenge at a time. So um, it's just like it sounds, there's 10 challenges. So one challenge per week um, that either focuses on nutrition and diet or physical activity and movement. And so each week kind of alternates between um, both of those as both are key elements for that kind of healthy balance lifestyle um and the challenge here is really to de- design to meet people where they are to help them build habits and kind of keep them going you know not just here you go do this and then forget about it we really right. want people to make this part of their their day-to-day um and um, whether someone's new to changing their lifestyle behaviors or new to the recommendations or if there's somebody that's aren- already kind of living, you know, a healthy lifestyle, we've seen both types of people um, benefit. And I think even so for for the survivor population, you know, after a cancer diagnosis, it can really be difficult for people to balance all that's happening and what's going on. And so the challenge really can can meet people where they are It's self It's self paced. Um, it's not overwhelming. Um, it's really motivational. And, um, you know, it's colorful. And it's a fun Lighthearted challenge it really makes a big impact. Um, so the challenge is online. Um, people can go to www.healthy10challenge.com. Um, and after signing up for the challenge, you will immediately t- start receiving um, weekly emails with tips and tools and, and motivation that will guide you throughout the 10 weeks. Um, So it's really great, especially for maybe those individuals who aren't following up with a healthcare provider as often, but they still want some kind of support and kind of encouragement. This is a really good way to do it. Um, And the challenge, you know, uh, each week is kind of laid out the same. There's delicious recipes, um, there are nutrition handouts that you can print out and throw up on your fridge, um, and, and along with other tools that Um, or or just make it fun to make some of these changes. So I I really recommend people sign up um, with a friend or family member and and do it together because it's always fun to kind of motivate each other along the way or um, try a new recipe together um, or try one of the the physical activity components as well.
1: You know, signing up for a challenge sometimes is hard and especially for survivors. And we're set in our ways, but the, the challenge is so easy. And my favorite thing is it gives you a shopping list of what you need. Um, for some of the recipes, so you don't have to think about it. It tells you, okay, if you want to get up and move, here's some activities that you can do. And I know that we did this in the past. Um, maybe it's something that we should reconsider and do another uh, eight-week, ten-week challenge and um, see what we can do to make people's lives a little bit better.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of cool, too, just as it says on here, as you were saying, um, Sheena, that it, it gives you tips and ideas and ways to do it, you know, and it's, I mean, I'm just going to say it's not hard. It's really not hard. I mean, it's, it's one of the ones just as a side note is add an additional five to 10 minute activity, you know, five to 10 minutes. That's, that's, you know, you're going to sit on your, on the couch scrolling through Facebook for five to 10 minutes and go down a rabbit hole. And before, you know, you've been there 30 minutes, (laughs) right, Pam. I mean, we're speaking from experience.
1: So that's easy to do.
0: It is. It is. It, this is this not a terribly hard challenge to do? So uh again, that website is healthy10, the number one zero challenge.com, correct?
2: That is correct. Um, and I, and I also want to take a minute to point people towards um AICR's Cancer Health Check, which is um, embedded in a part of the challenge. And what that is, is um, it's an assessment that can help people see how well they are following the recommendations. So now that you know what the recommendations are, you can take AICR's Cancer Health Check, which is about maybe it takes three to five minutes it asks you a series of questions like how much you're moving and what you're eating um, based on the recommendations and then it kind of spits out a report summary um, that tells you areas that you're doing well in and what areas you might need some improvement on Um, and then that you know knowing that then you can kind of go into the challenge kind of a little more prepared um to to say all right well this is what i want to focus on or this these weeks are gonna you know really I really want to focus on the goals and meet the goals kind of the extra motivation. Um, and then at the end of the challenge you can take the cancer health check again and see you know how what improvements you've made. So it, it's kind of a fun kind of pre and post um, mm-hmm. challenge uh, tool that people can use.
1: Accountability yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it
0: is. it is. Yeah, so definitely I, I mean that that sounds like right there, Pam. we've we've just given our listeners their homework, haven't we?
1: Yes healthy 10 challenge um, and super easy yeah yeah go to that website to follow you know eat your whole grains change the color of your plates uh, what you're eating get more exercise super super doable um challenge
0: that's right that's right yeah so definitely we want you guys to check that out against healthy 10 the number 10 challenge.com and um sign up for that do that pre-quiz the uh, pre-quiz and then uh find somebody whether you pair up with another survivor or maybe your spouse or a loved one or maybe your neighbor i mean that might be a good opportunity you know to go walk around the, the park uh with your neighbor or around the block um or maybe it's a good excuse for you to get a dog pam I'm just throwing that out there. As as Sheena said, take your dog on a walk. If you don't have one, maybe it's a good opportunity to get one. You know, we all know furry friends are, are, are good for the soul. And so uh, there's maybe don't blame me. If you get a dog and your spouse says, what in the world are you doing? Don't tell them Ryan said. So um, we want to make sure that, that uh, you're just being a little more active. Sheena, is there anything else that we've left out that we need to share with our listeners?
2: Um, just tell people to you know have fun with um, the recommendations. you know, make it an opportunity to try something new, whether it's a new activity or a new food or you know um, make them fun and, and that's all about kind of making it more embedded into into every an everyday part of your lifestyle.
1: Yes, good deal. Super easy. Well, we are at our last segment. It's Pete's powerful moment. We are sponsored by Pete's car smart Kia. Do you have a Pete's powerful moment that you could share with us?
2: Yeah, I would. I would love to. So, um, so I've thought about this a little bit, and you know, I've always really been passionate about encouraging and empowering individuals to live a healthy lifestyle. So, In um, one of my previous roles, I taught nutrition classes for employees um, as part of an employee wellness program. And over time, um, I got to know one of the regulars that would attend my class. She would come early and we would chat, and she would stay after, you know, as I was wrapping up, and um, we became close friends. And she was always someone, you know, I look up to. um, I still look up to her. She had a very positive outlook on life. Um, She put health kind of as a top priority, you know, both physical, mental, spiritual health. And um, we would always take uh, weekly walks during our lunch break. And um, I remember one time she opened up to me specifically about her battle with breast cancer. She had had a double mastectomy and, and is a breast cancer survivor. And it was really amazing to hear her story her resilience and how healthy lifestyle choices um, really impacted her life, you know, even before her diagnosis, and then after her her diagnosis during her treatment, and then pre and post surgery, and you know, she she continues to be someone that I look up to today. To today, um, very motivational, and you know, reflecting and thinking about her and her story just makes me, uh, you know, realize that the work that AICR is doing is so impactful. And I love that I get to be a part of it because um, just like her, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, living the recommendations can really make a big difference um, in your in your life and, and how you feel and um, just healthy survivorship.
1: That's awesome. Thank you yeah. for sharing.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing with our listeners today. Um, there's a lot of information here Um, and it is not by happenstance that some of our previous podcasts touch on some of the things that Sheena brought up again today. So again, encourage you to go back, look at the rest of our podcasts that we've done over the uh, last year, year and a half. There's so much good information in there. Um, and it validates really Pam, what we do here at the survivorship center.
1: Yes. The focusing on making life better.
0: Yes. And as Sheena just said, emotional wellness, physical wellness, we look at all areas of wellness for our survivors and try to find unique, fun, um, sometimes albeit a little out of the box uh, ways of doing things to to be active with, with a healthy community and be engaged with those folks so uh, again you're we want to encourage you to go back and look at those other episodes we also want you i'll give you the website one other time is the healthy 10 challenge.com and check that out and engage with a a friend a loved one a neighbor and uh, get involved with that and then make sure you join us next week for another great episode of beyond the ribbon Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org.
2: Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.